Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Now, I kind of hinted at my prayer, but I do have a hidden agenda during the series. Merry and bright. Merry and bright. I don't know if that's the way you perceive Christmas, but I'm like, tell me two words, Christmas, right? Merry and bright. You're like, death and you know what I mean? Like I don't enjoy the holidays. Maybe there's a stigma. Maybe there's something that happened or took place. Maybe you lost a loved one during the season. Uh, whatever, whatever is kind of attached to the holidays. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's heartbreak. My agenda during the series is for you to be able to walk into this month and having this to be the greatest Christmas ever. Not because of circumstances, not because of gifts, not because of what people give you, but what God gives you. That God begins to transform your heart. But my prayer is we're, we're going through the Bible story, the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus Christ all month long. And my prayer is, is that it's not just information, but it becomes revelation. That it's for us today. It's for us today. And so I want to start off in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. I had to sit down because this is a lot of scripture to be reading today. So if you got your Bibles, get your Bibles out. If you, want, if you need a vintage paperback, a limited edition, we got free Bibles for you as well that you can take free of charge. Get your phones out, iPhones out. And let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Holler at me if you found it. All right, I'll keep going anyways. Here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. And it says this, At the time, King Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. There was a priest named Zechariah. He belonged to the priestly division, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. So they both had a priestly heritage, but Zechariah and Elizabeth, Zechariah and Elizabeth were married. They were very old in age. Now, how many know if you're old in age, it's never too late? Can I get an amen? Hey, hey. If you're, if you're old, like 36, it's never too late. Come on, somebody. Okay. And so, verse 5, Elizabeth also said of Aaron, verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Man, I love this church. They were, they were righteous. It didn't mean they were without sin. It didn't, it didn't mean that they were perfect, but they were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Verse 7. How many know? I like a good but, all right? But, not that kind of but, but they were childless. But they were, stop it, they were childless because Elizabeth was unable to conceive for they both were very old. Verse 11. Then, I love this, Zechariah is serving. He's going to work. Come on, it's Sunday morning. I'm waking up. I'm ready to serve with the A-team. Here I go. I don't have my prayer. I don't have children. I'm just doing what I know to do. I'm righteous. I'm faithful. But an angel just showed up. He showed up out of nowhere, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. He was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. I mean, this is going to be a good message today. Because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will call him John, as in John 
the Baptist. He will be a joy and a delight to you. How many know it didn't happen, but there's revelation happening. And you will rejoice because of his birth. You will rejoice. You're going to have a child. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Raise the roof. Spread the walls. God's showing up. And here's his response. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And you know Zachariah is a man of God when he says this. I'm old, but my wife's well along in years, right? That's a man of God right there, right? He didn't say my wife's old too. He was like, she's like 21 or something, all right? He goes, I'm old, but my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. How many of us in this room, we've been asking God for a sign, but he brought you the sign, right? You're asking the sign for a sign. Will you give me a sign? The angel's like, I'm from heaven, dude. Like, I am here in your midst. I got wings. I am Gabriel. And so many of us in this room, you're asking the sign for a sign, and God said, that is the sign. You need to go. You need to believe. You need to move. And he says, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Verse 23, it says that when he was done with his service, he returned home. After his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, became pregnant. Pregnant. For five months they've remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In this day he has shown his favor and he has taken away my disgrace amongst the people. I'm going to pray. Father, anoint this message. God, I pray don't give us information, but give us revelation that you hear our prayers, that you're here in our midst. Father, I pray for myself. That God, I don't come with eloquent speech or fancy words, but I come with the anointing of the Holy Spirit today that divides and conquers even the darkest soul. And so, Father, I pray today we walk out of here with our next steps. We walk out of here with purpose. We walk out of here knowing what to do, that our God is the God who hears our prayers. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Now, there's a tension I really want to address right away. Normally I'll tell funny stories, something like that, but I have to get to the point this morning that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were righteous. They were faithful. Man, they served on the A-team. They read their word. They prayed. They gave. They volunteered. They were faithful, but they were childless. They were faithful, but their dream never came. They were faithful, but God never heard my prayer. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. So my question this morning for you is, how do you serve God when nothing's going right? And that's a real question I've asked myself. How do I serve God when nothing's going right? My world is crashing down. It's getting ugly. It's getting crazy. I've been praying prayers. Maybe it's a year, two years, ten years. 20 years, maybe 30 years. I've been praying prayer. So how do I serve God when nothing is going right? I wish I could bring you a, a great big theological answer and we could spend all day in this. But here's my response is that we need to simply stay connected. How do I serve God when nothing's going right? I don't know, church. Well, I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to stay connected. You know, my son, he's eight years old. 
and uh, he was real interested in Star-Lord because of the Avengers. And uh, I'm so happy about this because, you know, uh, he'll use my iPad and he'll play games on it. And, or he'll use my iPhone. And one night he used my iPad, played games on it, and then he just kind of closed it. Most of the times he won't even close it so that, you know, it doesn't go into sleep mode. He'll just leave it open, and then he'll go about his business, go to bed, and, you know, next morning he'll wake up, he's hang out with us, have cereal, pick up the iPad, and it's dead, right? And he's like, yo, Dad, make this, turn this thing on. You know, I'm like, son, it's dead, All right? Parents in the room, help me out, right? The iPad is dead. You have to plug it in. What? What a concept. Then he blames me. Why don't you plug it in, Dad? I'm like, I, I, I tell you what, I don't know why I didn't plug it in. And so... Uh, I got him a Walkman for his birthday because Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord has a Walkman. He was like kidnapped in the 80s or whatever, 70s, brought up into space. And all he has from Earth was a Walkman. So he said, Dad, I want a Walkman. I said, are you kidding me? That's amazing. And so I scoured the web. I couldn't find Radio Shack. Where'd they go? Right? Radio Shack is gone. So I scoured Amazon. I bought him a Walkman, and it came on his birthday. He opened it up. It was already in the package. My wife's like, why didn't you unpackage it? I'm like, I don't know. And so we got the thing going. We put batteries in it, the plug-in one that charges the batteries. And it was so much fun because I took the cassette out, and I got a Guardians of the Galaxy mixtape, and I put it in there. I put it in the wrong way. How many remember cassettes? Everyone raise your hand. Remember cassettes? Right? Remember when it messed up, you had to stick a pencil in there and kind of, you know, tighten it up a little bit? Right? And so I tried to put it in, and I put it in the wrong way because your boy ain't that old. All right? Come on. I ain't that old. And so I went to my father-in-law. How does this go in? How does this work? He's like, you got to put it this way. All right, thank you. And I love the cassette because my son goes, I want to hear this song. I said, it's on there. It's number three on your cassette. So he's like, one, two, three. No, <laughs> it don't work that way. All right. How many of you are born in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? You had patience, right? You were forced to be patient. And so I said, here you go. Play. Nope, that's not it. And he's like, the thing's broken, right? It doesn't work. I said, no, you have to, you have to, you have to hit fast forward and find your song. I said, how about this? I looked on the back side of the cassette. The very first song, I said, okay, let's listen to this song. So I knew I had to put it backwards. I had to fast forward all the way to the end, right? How many know what I'm talking about? And then it hits the end, then you take it up for the, then you can listen to the first song. It took forever. <laughs> but even his Walkman, there's a power button on there. If he doesn't plug it in, the next day it goes dead. I tell you all that. So how do I serve God? When nothing's going my way, how do I serve God when nothing's going right? we got to stay connected. Stay connected to the source. Every single day I have to plug in my iPhone or my iPad or my device. Every single day we got to stay connected to God. we got to stay connected to the source. Sometimes I want to quit. There's times I want to give up. How do I serve God when nothing's going right? I just stay connected. Because the moment you become disconnected from God, some things that begin to happen. I'm going to do a quick study real quick. There's three things that happen to our mind, to our spirit, and to our soul. Number one, when we, when we begin to disconnect from God, our minds become corrupted by deceit. This is where the enemy could come in and go, yeah, yeah, God doesn't hear your prayer. Maybe God doesn't even exist. And so deceit becomes to come in and we no longer see God's truth. Because, you know, everything in God's word is a promise from God. And his promises always come to pass. But sometimes when we get disconnected, we're corrupted by lies, by deceit. So we no longer see God's truth. Number two, our hearts 
become corrupted by mistrust. And we no longer see God as trustworthy. I've seen this in our time. I've seen this in our money. We say, God, I've been, I tithe, I give, I didn't see what the Bible says, I didn't see you open up the windows of heaven. December 22nd's legacy offering, God, I'm not even going to give to that because I don't trust you. I don't see God as trustworthy. Maybe you've been believing for God for some things to move some mountains in your life, to be able to do some miracles in your life, and you're saying, God, it never happened, therefore I can't trust you anymore. The third thing that happens is that our will becomes corrupted by rebellion. The longer we become disconnected, the more we become rebellious. And I'm here to tell you, that word, if you're like, oh, no, a bunch of church people are going to be judging me, I'm super rebellious, all right? Like, I will break the rules and all that. Well, we don't learn rebellion. Rebellion is already inside of us. We're all born as sinners into this world. We're all in need of a Savior. But rebellion begins to enter our, our will. If we don't begin to see God as our Father, we see Him as our adversary. We begin to see God as someone who's, who's out there to mess up our life. Maybe we see God as someone who's mad at me because of what I've done. Now, I mean, no, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you. He's madly in love with you. And that's a good place to clap. Come on, somebody. Like, maybe, maybe. But we see God as our adversary. When we become disconnected, and when we become disconnected from the source, then we begin to blame Others, And I want you to hear a statement this morning that we, if we blame God for our suffering, then we take credit for anything good that happens to us. I want you to hear me out. If we blame God for everything that is bad, the danger is we'll take credit for everything that's good. God, you messed it up, but the good things happened in my life because of me. And how many know everything you've been through, everything you're going through, every move that you've been making, God has been orchestrating God has been orchestrating. And so I'm here to share with you today, I believe with all my heart that I've seen people leave the faith, leave church due to unanswered prayer that turn to things that bring quick pleasure and temporary satisfaction. God hasn't done it, so I'm going to go over here now. Henry, can I have a little bit more monitor for your brother? Come on, somebody. When we become disconnected, we, we, we get full of deceit, we mistrust, and we have rebellion enter our heart. And so I wrote down a point. I really want to hear my heart out today because I love this. I've been ruminating on this all week for the past two weeks. I want to put some words on the screen. And the words you're about to see, it is okay to be this way. But sometimes I'm frustrated, but I'm faithful. I'm frustrated, but I'm faithful. Stay faithful when you don't feel fruitful. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were frustrated, but they were still faithful. They were still faithful. You know, my wife's going through this health issues and all of that, and I believe we're on the other side. God's doing a praise and a work and for his praise and his glory. But can I tell you something, seeing your wife in pain? I am frustrated, but I'm faithful because my God is faithful. My God is good. My God is my heavenly Father. My God will heal. My God will restore. My God will do a new work. But Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. Man, church, don't give up. That's for somebody here today. Don't give up. You will reap. God will come around. I'm here to tell you, will you serve God when you don't see the results? Come on, preaching good today, yeah? I heard a little baby, yeah, pastor, you hear pastor? You know, a few years ago, I think it was about four years ago now, 
I believe I was taking the right steps and what God wanted me to do. And I was praying, 21-day fast, all that. Took some steps towards what I thought God wanted me to do. And I'm here to tell you, church, sometimes when you obey God, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder because he's working some things out inside of us. I remember I was driving down the road and, and uh, loved my church, loved my pastor, loved where I was at, but I was frustrated. I was frustrated. And I'm driving down the road. I said, God, I'm frustrated, but I'm still faithful because you're faithful. I want to quit. I want to give up. You want to know a little secret? Sometimes pastors, we resign. We quit on Monday morning. We're like, God, I quit. I don't want to do it anymore. And then we, 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 we ask God again, can you hire me again? Okay, I'm just kidding. I'll do it, Lord. I was driving down the road. I was frustrated. Maybe I should move away. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And it was in my frustration that I heard from the Lord. God spoke to my heart. And some people are like, well, you'll hear from God. It's just, it was in my heart. I knew that I knew that I knew that God was speaking to my heart. And he began to speak to me and said, I want you to start a life-giving church with your wife, Lindsay, in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. It needs to be life-giving. It's going to be called Avenue Church. We're going to have Avenue Kids. We're going to have the A-team. God began to download something in my spirit. How many know when you least expect it, God will speak to you in the middle of your frustration? I'm frustrated, but I'm faithful. But I want you to hear you out. Hear me out. I want you to write this down, point number two. I believe with all my heart, your prayers are filed in heaven, and they're not forgotten. Your prayers are filed in heaven and not forgotten. Now hear me out. Heaven's filing system is not like our filing system, all right? I have a filing system at home. Thank you. Put it in there. Keep it there for a year. Throw it away, all right? That's my filing system. I'm terrible. That's why I got Lindsay and Lorenzo. I just don't file a thing. That is not how heaven files it. Heaven hears your prayers. Daniel prayed. His prayers went out. They filed it for 21 days. After 21 days, they pulled it out. They said, here it is at the right time because we heard your prayer. We heard your prayer. Prayers are filed in heaven, but they're never forgotten. They're never forgotten. We just need to trust the timing. You know, in Albuquerque, we were there um, for Black Friday for Thanksgiving. And uh, my son stayed at the house, played with his, uh, his friends. And we had to run to Walmart. Hey, we're going to Walmart. So we went to Walmart, and we went to a magical place called Costco. Anyone heard of it? It's amazing. They got samples, right? You could just eat, eat. It's amazing. And so at Costco, we saw a wonderful Black Friday deal for, and this is, this is parent code, all right? Don't tell him. I won't tell. I won't. Yeah. And so we found Levi's Black Friday gift. So we said, okay, let's buy it here. It's a great deal. We bought it. We put a trash bag over it. We put it at the back of the car where he wouldn't see it. And we said, this will be for Christmas. He doesn't need it now. He just had a birthday, but it's for Christmas Day. It'll be perfect. School break. He could pull it out, play with the thing, be happy. How many know on the car ride the next day, we drove for nine hours, and he asked several times. He had no idea where we went. He had no idea we bought it. But he said, hey, I want this. But little unbeknownst to him, what he asked for was heard, it was purchased, but it was behind him because it wasn't the right time. I'm here to tell you, you've asked God for things. He's holding on to it. He has it, but he says it's not the right time. Your prayers are filed in heaven, but they're not forgotten. I believe, I'm fired up today, church. Come on, somebody. If you're new here, it's about as good as it gets. I'm sorry. I dressed up for everybody. I thought this would calm me down, but I don't know, right? Come on. But listen to me, church. Sometimes the right prayer Getting answered at the wrong time can be a curse. 
I am so grateful that when I turned 21 years old, I'm 24, come on, I'm kidding, I'm joking. I, I'm so glad when I was 21, God didn't say start a church next year. Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Would it destroy my marriage? Would it destroy my leadership? I didn't learn. I was nowhere near being ready. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they had stopped expecting due to reality, therefore they stopped praying. There's so many of us in this room, we say, God, this is what I need. And then the deadline passes. I'm here to tell you, that's not God's deadline, that's your deadline. God doesn't have deadlines. He doesn't have timelines. He only has Godlines. I don't know what else to say, right? God has his way. God has his way. But Zachariah and Elizabeth said, we are too old. I'm old, and you, girl, you look good for 60. Come on, somebody, right? Like, you look good for 70. They are beyond their years, and they said, you know what? Let's stop believing. Let's stop praying. It's never going to happen. And here's what's interesting. Zechariah was a priest. Therefore, he had access to scriptures. And so in his fingertips, he was able to read the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were too old, and God gave them a child. He had access to information, but he never had revelation. How many of us, we have access to God's word every single day. We have information, but we don't have revelation. I'm here to tell you, church, it's time for you to say that word is for me, not just for them. So I'm here to tell you today. Is it easier for you to believe for others and not for yourself? Is it easier for you to believe for others? Yes, God's going to bless you. Yes, God's going to hook you up. Yes, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your cheerleader. Yeah, God's got this. But if it comes to me, I don't deserve it. It's long gone. It's expired. The deadline's done. There's no way it's going to happen. I'm here to encourage you today. Is it easier to believe for others than for yourself. And here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. He's an adult. He has his disciples. They're following him. They're on the path of the trail. He sees a tree. He's hungry. He goes to pull fruit off of it. There's no fruit on it. No figs. And so he says, tree, I curse you. He walks in the next village. The disciples are like, I don't know what he just did. What's wrong with Jesus today, right? He's cursing trees, all right? Okay, we're, we're going to keep trusting this guy. Goes to the city, does some, does some work and miracles there. Turns back, goes back along the same path, goes to the same tree. And also the disciples notice the tree is withered up and is dead. And so Peter goes, Jesus, you, 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 what you, what you did something. What you do? And Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if you speak to the mountain, I memorized this in New King James, so excuse me if it's going to be a little different in the sky, all right? And Jesus said, beat thou, if you say to the mountain, beat thou removed and beat thou cast out into the sea, and if you believe in your heart, you can have what you say because you believe. Because you believe. Now, I'm here to tell you, I'm not a name it, claim it, I'm shout it, grab it, all right? I'm crazy, I'm loud, and I'm proud. But I believe with all my heart, Jesus was saying, you need to start saying it so you believe it. Quit believing for others, believe for yourself. But the prayers you prayed long ago, you don't think they're filed in heaven. You think they're buried in the ground. They're done. They're gone. And Jesus is saying, if you could be, be able to Believe it, you can have it. But I noticed that this scripture, Mark 11, Jesus didn't say right away. Right away. I tried that as a young age. I said, beat up, sunrise mountain, beat up, yeah, and it didn't work, all right? But here's what I believe. Jesus didn't give him a timeline. He gave him a promise. He gave him a promise. In Hebrews it says, God is a God who cannot lie. So there's promises of God. 
that there's things that we need to start believing for again. Zechariah's story was different. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm old, my wife's long, long in the earth. The angel said, I am Gabriel, but because you did not believe, I'm going to make you unable to speak. I'm going to make you mute. You're unable to talk. And so he put this on him until the appointed time. Until the appointed time. Now, how many of you got mamas in this place, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask people who uh, grew up by a mama, all right? I'm going to ask you to finish the statement. If you don't got anything nice to say, see, we have therapy for you afterwards, all right? We're going to pray for you. All right, we had a tough mama, didn't we? All right. I once stuck my tongue out my mama. I was like, Ugh, and she went, boom, right there. Maybe bit my own tongue, blood everywhere. I was like, mama, I'm a gangster. Come on. But I believe for many of us, we need this advice again. Because for many of us, we have more faith when we don't speak because we speak death to our faith too often. I'm going to say that one more time. For many of us, we have more faith when we don't speak because we often speak death to our faith too often. The, James says we have power in our tongue. We have power of life or death. That the things I say can either bring life or can bring death. And so many of us, we're speaking death to our dreams. We're speaking death to our faith. We're speaking death to the prayers. I believe with all my heart the angel made him mute. Not because Zachariah could stop it, but I believe he made him mute because he didn't want his words to kill the dream. He didn't want his words to kill the dream. How many times do we speak death instead of life to God's plans for your life, to God's dreams in your life, to the prayers you've been praying? I still pray when people say, how about your hearing? God's good. It's going to happen. And what it does, your boy's going crazy. I'm going to Jericho march. I'm going to run down the hallway. It's going to be bogus. All right, Marco, Polo, it's going to be incredible. But until then, my prayer is filed in heaven and it's not forgotten. You know, my, my come on, you can give up. You know, my wife. When we were first married, I believe in our first year, I told my wife, and she's watching online. Hello to our online audience. I love you, baby. And uh, our first year of marriage, um, you know, I told my wife, Lindsay, I, want, I, want, I don't want any children for five years. I had a five-year plan, all right? No kids for five years. Why? Because, baby, I want to drop in a moment's notice and go to California. Come on, somebody, right? I want to go to Utah. I want to be able to vacation. I want to enjoy my wife. But after the first year, she couldn't keep her hands off me. It was hard. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Stop. I'm joking. All right, my mother-in-law was in the first service. She's like, ew. I'm like, hey, hey. But I had baby fever. I told my wife, man, I want, I want a child. I would love for, to have, a, have a, a baby, grow our family. I would love to have this. And so my wife, she had a baby name. Now, any ladies in this place, you had baby names before you had a baby. Raise your hand if that is you, all right? Who am I speaking to today, right? And so my wife had a baby name. You know what? We will have another child in Jesus' name. And I got fun baby names already picked up. They're redneck names, right? They're messed up names. I'm like, how about this one? She's like, no. <laughs> and so she had a baby name. And her baby name, she told her best friend. She said, if I have, if I have a girl, this is going to be the name. Now, I can't tell you the name because there's more to this story. And so she said, here's the baby name. I would love to have a little girl and name her this name. How many know where I'm going with this, all right? How many know where I'm going for this? And so here is the name of the baby. Well, six months later, my friend goes on social media, I'm pregnant. It's a girl. And her name is 
Yeah. I was like, oh, baby, go get her, right? Get her, right? She took my, my, my wife's baby's name, huh? I was like, oh, what you got to do? I thought it was amazing. Huh? Drama for your mama, right? Let me tell you, church, be careful who you share your dreams with. Be careful who you share your dreams with. Just like Joseph, he shared it with his brothers, which actually activated the dream, but it almost killed him. There are people in your life, they'll either speak death to your dream or they'll speak life to your dream. I'm here to tell you, you got to be around, you got to be connected to people who will speak life to your prayers, life to your dreams. Say, you can do it. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's why I love the A-team. I'm here to tell you, the A-team, if you go to Growth Track Step 2, you get plugged in our team. Our A-team will speak live to your dreams. Can I get an amen? Man, speak life or speak death to your dreams. I'm here to tell you that there's a many different pieces. Here's what I love about the A-team. When it comes to the A-team, every single morning, or every single Sunday morning, our team comes to church. We have a crew that comes in the morning, and our crew comes in, our kids team comes in, our, uh, you know, our hospitality, coffee bar, our ushers, our production, they all come in, and every single Sunday, we all form together to make a wonderful worship experience. We paint a big picture every Sunday because we want those that are close to us and far from God, we want our city to know the saving knowledge of Jesus. Hey, hey, right there. The saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm smooth. I know. Wicka, wicka. All right. We want people to know Jesus. So there's many different pieces that come together to form a picture. That's what 18. I think another situation would be many different giftings come together to form a bigger picture. So there's many different pieces to the puzzle, many different pieces to the puzzle, but there is one goal. Now raise your hand real quick if you're a puzzle people, like you love puzzles. Raise your hand. You love puzzles. All right, there's the, there's the strange and wise people. All right, we love you, and hey, I love you. You have a lot of patience. Anyone else? Puzzles. Nicole, what is wrong with you, girl? All right, I know what you're doing this weekend. Hey, right. Uh, puzzles. I have zero patience for puzzles. All right, I'll do puzzles with my kid, and Levi's got, like, the Batman ones where it's, like, eight pieces. And I'm like, no, we got to start in the corners first. Okay, you need to go. Just go. Just go. Let me finish this thing. Puzzles drive me crazy because if I see this picture, I, it needs to be now, right? Like, it's not going to be, let's just chill. No. You know, a few years ago, we went back home. My family rented a cabin. And uh, they had upstairs in the loft, they had a big table, and a 1,000-piece puzzle was on the table. And so right before dinner, they just nonchalantly announced, oh, uh, excuse me, all right. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, you know, and uh, that's my family. And they said, um, we have a puzzle upstairs, 1,000 pieces. And so if you want to, you could just kind of mosey on up there during your day and maybe put a few pieces together and then walk away. I was like, what is wrong with you people? You kill people? Like, are you sociopaths? What is this? Because I can't walk up there and look at a picture and not complete the puzzle. I got to get it done. And here's the thing about all these pieces. Every piece represents a part of the picture, a part of the bigger picture. And so here's my last point. According to the A-team, according to all this, we are better together. We are better together. But here's the thing about puzzle pieces is that we get frustrated 
because we want the image on the box, we want the final product, but God is moving pieces around. So here's what we think. When we pray a prayer, it's going to come back just like this. Hallelujah. I wish it did, right? We pray a prayer, God said, done. But that's not what happens. Here's what God does. When we pray a prayer, God goes, here's a peace. Here's a peace. Here's a peace. Now that just drove somebody nuts. Who was it? Who, who, it just drove you crazy. I need you on the date team, all right? We can help us get organized. Anyone else? All right. Last service, someone was like, ah! all right, it's okay. We need you on the date team. And God just goes, here's a few pieces. Hope we get that one later, okay? I'm not putting this puzzle together later. I got plans. But we get frustrated when God doesn't give us the bigger picture. He just gives us pieces. So here's the thing about pieces I've realized. That God would kind of just drop a few pieces from heaven. Piece at a time. Sometimes we got to walk around and say, God, what's the next piece? What's next for my life? And every piece he gives you is just part of the bigger picture. But the problem is sometimes when we don't trust God, when our heart's full of deceit, we become kind of rebellious or impatient for the, for, the, for the matter. Sometimes we say, God, this is the only picture I need. This is all I want. I don't need anything else. I don't need that. I just got this. I'm here to tell you, you can't have a bigger picture if you don't want to be a part of the bigger puzzle. You have to be connected. Connected to the source. That you can't get bigger. You can't get a bigger life if you're the biggest thing in your life. You can't get a bigger life. This is all you see. Would you say, God, I'm going to be a part of the bigger picture. I'm going to be a part of the puzzle. But everything begins and ends with God. Because here's what I see on this day. I see, here we go, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? God's in heaven saying, I need a Savior to come because I love the world. I'm going to give him my one and only son. But before I get my one and only son, i got to have Zechariah and Elizabeth who've been praying and asking for a baby to give them John the Baptist so that John the Baptist can come in so he can prepare the way for the Savior, for someone whose sandals he's unfit to carry, for Jesus Christ to come so he can water baptize them because Jesus ultimately wanted to be the example. So after we got water baptized, I need Mary and Joseph. I need Mary to be the virgin, to have a have a Holy Spirit come upon her. And what happens is all the pieces, all the people had to come together. All the different miracles formed together for the ultimate miracle, and that's the salvation of, of mankind for all humanity. For all humanity. For all humanity. And I am convinced with all my heart, this drives us crazy. And God says, at the right time, at the right time, at the right time. How many of you ever tried to make pieces fit because you're so impatient, right? You're like, done, right? And so many of us, we do that in God's life. We're like, no, I'm gifted. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned in all this, you may be frustrated but faithful. You realize your prayers are filed in heaven, but they're not forgotten. You realize we're better together, connected together in community, connected with what God has for our life. But I've realized with all my heart, I'm going to put a statement on the screen, that this is how we're going to have a merry and bright Christmas. This is how we're going to have a new season that we've never had before. 
But I believe with all my heart that trust equals joy. God, I trust you. I trust that all the pieces you're giving me is part of a bigger picture. And you know what the thing is, God? I don't see the bigger picture. This is all I see. And God, I'm okay with that. I will cherish that. I will continue to pray. I'll continue to believe. I'll begin to continue to say, God, I trust you. Can you imagine the outcome of Zechariah and Elizabeth? If they had joy. If they're saying, hey, I may be old, but my God is still good. I may be frustrated, but my God is faithful. I may have pieces of the puzzle, but at least I got pieces. I know that God has a bigger picture in store for my life. So will you stand with me, please? I would love to pray over you today. I'm going to throw some more puzzles out. Come on, somebody. But I got one more story I'd love to share with you today. Because I think this is a very real word for us today. That this frustrates many of us. God, I'm not patient enough to get the full picture. But God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with all my heart. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. But in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. God, you're up to something. You've got a plan for my life. But all those Zachariah and Elizabeth were frustrated. Although they gave up, they still served. They were still faithful. They were still faithful. I want to ask you today with every head up and every eye open. If you could be as real today with me. And you say, Pastor, I've been frustrated. I want to quit. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to know. Pastor, I've realized today that my God, He does love me. He does have a plan for my life. And this was a word for me today to know that God has given me pieces. I just need to wait for the bigger picture. That is you today. If you'd be so bold, just raise a hand and say, Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. You keep your hand up. I want everyone to see these hands all across this room. Because how many know? Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I feel frustrated. But I'm going to be faithful. Because God is faithful. Oh, hear me out. I'm going to mess up. I'll screw up. That's why I got my small group. That's why I got my church. That's why I got my best friend, my wife. That's why I got people around me. Say at the appointed time, at the appointed time, God's going to show up. This could be the right time. It's going to be amazing. Let me pray with you, Father. I pray for every single person that's here today. The Father, I pray as we begin to trust you. The Father, we realize that you are such a faithful God. You're not our adversary. You're not an angry Father. But you're a God in heaven who's got an amazing plan for our life. That last week we learned we're going to be available, we're going to be flexible, we're going to be ready. But today, God, I've realized I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to trust you with all my heart. And I know the pieces are coming. And I know you have a bigger picture. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're in this room today. And you feel like you don't have a picture. You got to learn about puzzles is that what they do in the company when they make a puzzle, right here is Iceland Sunset. What they do is they print a picture on one piece, the finished piece. 
What they do then is they cut out all the different puzzle pieces. And what they do is from all the pieces, they put them into a box. And they make sure not one piece is lost. Not one piece is missing. But it all goes into the box. That's how God works. God starts at the end that gives us the beginning. I'm here to tell you, church, God has a plan for your life. But you are not a missing piece. You're not a piece that's under the couch or lost or chewed up or discarded, that you are not a missing piece. You're part of a bigger picture, that God has a plan for your life. You're not an oops. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not missing. God has found you. God loves you, and he's got a place for you in the bigger picture called life, that God has a plan for your life. He created you on purpose, for purpose, for his praise and his glory. So with every head body of eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm feel like I'm missing. I have no hope, no purpose for my life. But today, God's doing something inside of me and I want to give Him my life. Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me to help me take a step? Maybe some of us, we need to get in the growth track. We need to get in a small group. We need to serve. I want to pray for people today that are ready to take a step towards Jesus. May I be so honored to pray a prayer with you to help you take your next step get you connected so you know God. Not church, but I want you to know God so you can find freedom, so you can discover your purpose and make an eternal difference. If that's you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to embarrass you, I won't single you out. But man, if you want prayer today, you say, Pastor, will you leave me in that prayer? Put a hand up, put it right back down. That's all I want. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Up, yes, up, yes, up, right back down. Anyone else? Come on, it's a lot of hands. Anyone else? Yes, over there. Anyone else? Come on. Yes. I'm proud of you guys. It's amazing. Come on. Come on. Can we give God a little louder clap for that? Because what once was lost is now found. So I want us all to pray a prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I may be frustrated, but I'm faithful because God is faithful. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, give God a shout of praise today. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.